55-year-old guy with cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hanging out with the cool kids. Hell yeah. Outside freezing my nuts off. Yeah, standing in a parking lot smoking like a cool guy. Yeah. We're too cool to be inside for cray eye. Yeah. You kids get off my lawn. <laughs> Man, I, d I don't go to the bar anymore, obviously, because, you know, quit drinking. But, like, I miss smoking at the bar when I used to go. Yeah. And then I think it was like 2013, we went to Tulsa. Mm -hmm. And by then, like, you couldn't smoke anywhere here. And then we got there, and there was like ashtrays on the tables. Like, oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. We get to smoke in a bar? Well, I'm, I'm trying to remember the last time I was, when I was stationed in Charleston, South Carolina. It was uh, 87 still, you could smoke in the movie theater. They had this little section in the back, and they had ashtrays that would come out of the back of the seat in front of you hell yeah and there was another we'd, we'd always of course bring in copious amounts of alcohol and just sit back and watch movies for six hours because we were degenerate sailors and wasn't fucking else anything else to do so yeah mm. so i wanted to uh update you i i realized something about myself hmm. this week uh, it, me and my relationship to iron maiden yes uh tenuous at best really Man, there are, I, I mean, okay, I'm not going to sit and talk shit about Iron Maiden. They're maybe the greatest metal band of all, no, no they're not. No. Nah. But they're maybe the highest selling. Like, I will give them that. Like heavy metal band of all. I will say this. It's not quite niche, but I, I don't know too many people who have, don't have not heard of them. Even if they're not into metal, even if everybody's heard of Iron Maiden or... You say Iron Maiden, they'll go, Eddie, you know, something. Yeah, but I figured out that I can listen to about 15 minutes of Iron Maiden at a time before I get extremely bored. Mm -hmm. Because half of their songs, I do not give a flying rat's fuck about. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, what am I going to say? Like, Power Slave's a bad album? Mm. No. But, I mean, after two minutes to midnight is the, when they really slow it down for the Iron Maiden ballads. And you're just like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, this song is taking forever. And I think I figured out why I, it, I'm so averse to that kind of shit. Hmm. It's too nice for me. Mm. Yeah, it's, there's too, no... it's too fancy. <laughs> like, it's too high class for me. Well, I almost said there's no rough edges on it because they polished it up, but it's metal. But that, so that analogy doesn't quite work. But yeah, I can see it's kind of produced. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was listening to, uh, ah, fuck, the album with uh, Trooper and shit on it. Yeah, I know which one you're Peace talking about. Peace of Mind. Yes. I was listening to that today, and like, I don't, I forget which song it is on there, but. Like, one of the first lines is something about, like, when the dinosaurs roam the earth. It's like, mm. okay, I am fully checked out of this song immediately. Well, he was on the third part of the dictionary, and brontosaurus came up. What are you going to do? Yeah, I, like, I just feel like, man, Iron Maiden feels too high class for me. Well, you know, I will tell you, I would say, I was going to say I was an Iron Maiden fan, but I'm more of a dilettante, because I know maybe ten Iron Maiden songs off the top of my head and they're fucking excellent songs to me that's one album in my head you know what i mean so yeah they're fucking great but they do like social distortion they put out like one good song and oh, album oh boy social distortion and the rest of them are okay you know i'll give them a listen i'm not gonna turn it off 
Yeah. But I'm not going to put it on on purpose. Do you see the difference? I, I ha- if I'm going to be listening to an Iron Maiden album, I have to be doing something else, mm-hmm. like actively. Yeah, something's got to be taking up part because, of my brain. Because I cannot listen to 10-minute songs of Iron Maidens and stay interested. The only people who have ever successfully made a 10-minute song that I can listen to was Parliament and Parliament Funkadelic. <laughs> Ohio players can put out a 12-minute one. I'll listen to it, but that's it. <laughs> but not 10 minutes of Maiden. You know what I really, really love, James? Mm. It, 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 it kind of has a little bit to do with Parliament, tangentially. You Bring can put it. any string of words together, uh-huh. anything, but you say it in the James Brown voice, Oh, and it very well could have been something that, like, is that a James Brown quote? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it is now. Put the cat in the razor shoe. Huh! And you're just like, <laughs> huh. I mean, there's... Less than a zero percent, or more than a zero percent chance that he said that ever. I mean, huh? Well, it's like that Dead Milkman song. Gonna beat my wife. Gonna smack her with a tire iron. Ha! Gonna chase her with a chainsaw. Ha! Uh, oh, that was hilarious. And speaking of merciless beatings, hey everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Faff, and I am one of your hosts. And I am James Marino, and I'm the other one of your hosts. You like that? You fucker, you got me. You like you, that? You got me good this time. Yeah. No cheap gettings. So, uh, James, we're back on that train. Oh, hells yeah. Back on what I th- I think I can speak for both of us oh, saying possibly one of our favorite filmmakers. Fuck to the yeah. Uh, we're talking about 2009's Forbidden Door, written and directed by the Joko Anwar. Mm-hmm. Now, we've been... Uh, Doing something a little bit different instead of like going through their filmography, we've been going backwards through oh, these yeah. films. So we started with Impedigore. Well, at that time, uh, Satan Slaves Communion hadn't been out yet. Right. So we started with Impedigore, mm-hmm. which excellent. Oh my god, excellent film. I still think about that movie. On to Satan Slaves. Oh fuck which, yeah! Again, holy fucking shit. So now we're back to 2009's Forbidden Door, starring, oh, oh boy, Indonesian <laughs> names. Here we go. <laughs> I didn't have to do it. Uh, Fakhri Albar as Gambir and Marsha Timothy as Taldia. And that, that's <coughs> all I'm going through because I'm sure I butchered those names and mm-hmm. I kind of just wanted to get into this. Oh, my James, God. you look at me in the eye. <gasps> Fucking movie, buddy. How'd you like Forbidden Door? <coughs> well, first of all, Thank you for making me watch this movie. This <laughs> fucking movie, dude. I, I, I just, I'm blown the, <coughs> the fuck away. Stylistically, there, there's not one wrong step in this goddamn movie. Yeah, he won a bunch of awards for the writing of this film. <coughs> and, you know, when I was watching it, I, st- I had to stop to look two things up because I thought it was going to go a couple different ways. <coughs> because the more Joko Anwar I watched, the more I read up on Indonesia. And um, <coughs> when um, the abortion came up, I had to look up the abortion laws in Indonesia. Oh, they are strict. Oh, my God. And, and the taboo for, like, having a baby before marriage, all that shit, just really, they were hammering that in without being overt about it. If you didn't know about it, oh, they went and got an abortion. But if you did know about it, it's saying something about it. So there's lots of cool, cool stuff. So, here's the deal. Yeah. I really, really, really like this movie, Mm -hmm. but I have a huge gripe with it. Oh, do tell. And it's effectively just the film. 
itself. Mm-hmm. The and I, I can't really talk about it before we like spoil the ending. So, oh, just why uh, don't like we a, just say just spoiler a, alert a, a, now? A quick synopsis then. Yeah. Uh, Gambier mm-hmm. is a sculptor who eventually believes that everybody is out to get him. Yep. And finds evidence as such. And it, it, it during the course of the film, there is a child being abused mm-hmm. on a television monitor in this strange club. And it turns out that that was Gambier as a boy, and he has been in a mental institution. It's a pretty uh, standard or was ending. Y- yes. <laughs> it's a, it's we, got, a, we got stuff. Yeah, it's a it's a it seems like a pretty standard ending, but the way that it's crafted, I, I kinda didn't see that coming. Mm-mm. The you know, oh he was crazy all along is nothing new, but mm-hmm. the way they did it is fantastic. Yes. Now, my problem therein is since this is all in the head of what is it, an eight year old boy, I think they say he is. Mm-hmm. It's all in the head of a man who was stunted at pretty much eight years old mm-hmm. through Every kind of abuse. Right. This story is told like a child just telling a story. Mm -hmm. It goes everywhere. It cuts back and forth at strange places. And there's a lot of and, and not because of this, this happens. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of and this happens. And then this happens. Okay. And then this happens. It's structured like a child telling a story. And it's... It's very well done. Well, yes, however, there is so much going on that I I'm not saying that I lost interest, but at some point I went, Jesus Christ, there is so much going on that I'm not like having a hard time keeping it all straight. But my God, is this a lot of different plot points to cram into a thing? Mm. And again, it's like a child would tell it. And I have evidence, visual evidence in the film to back up my argument that it's oh. him stunted at eight years old. And I want to use the opening sequence as that example. Okay, because I, I, I've got some... Okay, yeah, go. I'm sorry. I was okay, just... so the opening sequence is Gambier at his art showing, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's showing around a man who is a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. And this man is not sure if he wants to buy this piece of artwork, and that's when Taldia shows up. Mm -hmm. And she's lit in soft lighting. This beautiful, gorgeous woman who uses her feminine wiles and manipulation to convince this man into buying this piece of art. Mm -hmm. Now, Gambier overhears people talking bad about him and you yeah. know all of his friends are toasting him and everybody's happy for him right but he is so fucked that he can't be the hero of his own story mm-hmm. so he is still feeling depressed did, did you feel all this in retrospect or was this forming while you were watching this was just thinking back through the film okay now this is a huge art space right now, when he walks outside, this is just a little fucking spot connected to a movie theater. Mm, see, I, mm, I will tell you, because I've noticed in almost every scene, there was, there was fuckery with perspective, specifically with the film scenes, though, like that Videodrome shit that they were doing, that, like, that Cronenberg-y shit. 
Yeah, but uh, no. But what I'm saying is that there was weird perspectives in that, and then there was some. I, I had to go back and check. Some of the rooms were forced weird perspective, so right. the sizes weren't right. So, Gambier goes outside mm -hmm. during this, and we see that it's like an art studio that was way too big to have been connected to this weird tiny movie theater. Mm -hmm. And he's outside, and Taldia comes out and just says, "You know, I love you. I love you so much." And as it pulls out, there's no names for the now showing on mm -hmm. the marquee. And it pans up into this gigantic spike of a building that no movie theater or art gallery would look like. It's a weird little boy's dream understanding of what and adding, this would be because he has the magazines at the end. And, and to add to that, and this is what, and I was noticing it while it was happening because I knew about 20 minutes into this movie that this was an unreliable narrator. And only through stylistic choice, because when you looked, when they were standing outside and it was kind of raining and whatever, he was emoting absolutely no effect on her face whatsoever. Um, and the scenes with the garden, like when they were in the garden with the roses, at no time did anything look real. It was real, but it was the way they showed it in perspective that everything looked artificial. And that's another uh, instance of it just kind of like seeming like a child telling his own story. Oh, I, I totally see the child perspective now because when I originally that that kind of and storytelling, I attributed to the difference in the style of Indonesian storytelling in that it, remember when it kind of hopped over a bunch of things in the other movies. But now that you talk about the and part, I get what you're saying. Well, one of the things that I wanted to point out, too, is obviously uh, all of his friends and Taldia and whoever else are just people that work at the asylum. Yeah. That was, that he, people that he's seen that are, are my friends. Yeah, the, the like Wizard of Oz. a child would think. Yeah. And there's, when he's... Uh, are when we the, to infer that he's still a child then? I'm saying that he was traumatized oh, so badly yeah. that he is stuck at the mentality of an eight-year-old, this eight-year-old boy. So there's the scene where he's chasing the boy that he's seeing in the Videodrome scenes. Yeah. And he's chasing him like what ends up being like through a market. Yeah. He sees an old woman there that ends up being the woman in the cell across from him. Mm -hmm. Again, the child just putting something that he sees into the story. No, thank now, you for the way the way that this is shot too is very very good because it's shot disorientingly. Yes. So there's no way to know the geography. There's nothing to ground yourself to. Mm -hmm. It's shot very disorientingly, and then he walks into a door into a place that wouldn't like I forget it's his home or it's like an office or something. It yeah. doesn't matter. It's somewhere. Oh. Taldi is there. Yeah. It's like a child telling a story. Right, because he, he pops out of the kitchen and all of a sudden he's home. Yes, yes, yes. And again, that's what like, I understand, or not understand, but that was kind of my interpretation on all this. Again, that being said, there is so goddamn much in this movie that it does sound just like a rambling child trying to tell a story. But everything still fits. I know, but like... The addition of like the abortion, and then uh, uh, he meets the old man who tells him weird things. Yeah. And then he puts the fetus inside of the sculpture. Yeah. But then the first sculpture he ever sold, he sold to Miss or uh, his manager or whatever, and it, that one had a fetus in it too. Well, and 
and this is why I had to stop the whole movie. Like when they were putting the fetuses into the, um, I had to check it out because there was a, I forgot the name. I want to say Palaniuk, but that's the writer. Um, there's a Indonesian vampire or Malaysian vampire. And it's a, a woman who couldn't get pregnant or lost the baby. And um, they go and attack other people. And I guess that, if I remember correctly, the only way to stop them is to put a nail in their neck, and then they'll be a good wife until the nail gets pulled out. Jesus. Yeah, so I, I'm sitting there going, fuck, is this going to be one of those because the baby's in the thing, and are now are all these women's ghosts going to come back and fucking, what's going on here? So I had to stop and check it out because, you know. Yeah, and the, the fact that they never pay so much attention to any one part of the many, many stories. Like, the door... The door only comes up a couple times. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like a central plot point. It becomes one at the end, but it's not something that we focus on a lot. I know, but once we they show it, I never not, there was never not in my fucking head. No, I understand, but we never focus too much on the fetuses in mm-hmm. the thing. We never focus too much on, like, his friends betraying him. Mm-hmm. And, like, the existence of the club, like, that doesn't make sense. It's like a child telling a story. There's so goddamn much in it that again i wasn't like getting bored but i was getting disoriented watching it going what the fuck is going on see this is this is one of the reasons why every once in a while it pays to have fucking off the charts adhd because it rewarded everything in my head i wanted give me more make it makes sense i don't care just give me more wow this is cool oh shit you know and even again, he does this thing where nothing's happening, but fucking everything's happening. And when you think things are not happening, things are. It, he fucks with you, and it's good. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, just on like a filmmaking level, man, you can you can really tell, uh, like going backwards through his films, like we have, like mm-hmm. Empedagor looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Satan Slaves looks really good. Mm-hmm. You can tell they didn't have, obviously, as much money. Right. But we've been on kind of a low-budget kick lately. Oh, yeah. And, man, this might be, again, one of those just holy fucking bang-for-your-buck kind of horror films. I mean, because actually, now that I think about it, except for a couple very specific scenes, it, they just needed some big open spaces. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's a... And I didn't think about it being made cheaply at all. No, because it looks incredible. It looks like a real honest-to-God film. Yeah, they made a fucking fantasy horror noir film mm-hmm. because it is also structured like a noir film. Well, it's got that Lynchy vibe, man. Yeah, and I mean, the credits are just completely noir credits. It's like Lynchcock Cronenberg, dude. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And, I mean, the few spots that he borrows from, like, other films, uh huh, man, because it does. It has real Videodrome drives. Oh, fuck, it did. Uh, but uh, if you're going to borrow from somebody, mm-hmm. you can do a fucking lot worse than Cronenberg. And not only that, but it was a spin on it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't exactly Cronenberg. It was Joko Anwar's Cronenberg, and motherfucker, man. he did it. I, uh, I, I really want you to see Crimes of the Future. I really am going to watch it. The new Cronenberg movie. Mm-hmm. I watched it the other night. Oh, James. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It is every little bit of Cronenberg that you could hope that it could be. Ooh. It's fucking weird. Is <laughs> it like Naked Lunch weird? 
Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kristen Stewart's there. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Scott Speedman's in it. Scott Speedman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Who's, who's Scott Speedman? Not like a uh, early two thousands nineties Scott Speedman. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I, I I was checked out for a bunch of that time. Yeah, and then he also does the uh, Shining bit. In okay. This too. Okay. When he's chopping down the door. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they straight up do with Jack Torrance. <clears throat> so there's just yeah a couple. Uh, couple little love letters to, and again, you could do a lot fucking worse if you're going to write a love letter to horror directors. <coughs> do a lot worse than Cronenberg and Kubrick, man. It seems like every nod that Jogo's given has been just like, hey, dude, it was like a big old thank you to whoever, whoever was inspiring him and, and, and beautifully put on screen. Because the, the shots in this thing, just some of the shots in this thing, I'm just like, how... I was getting stupid. I'm like, how did, where the fuck did they put the camera? How did they do that? What, there's, they didn't have that much money. How the fuck did they get that shot? Yeah, and yeah, like a very easy spin. I think it's the ca- camera spins clockwise uh-huh. over a counterclockwise stairwell. Oh, that always fucks with me. Yeah, always. And it always looks good. But especially when you're turning the camera like that, like, mm-hmm. man... It just lends to the everything in this movie is just so dizzying. Oh hell yeah! Between the performances, the the million things going on, and like you said, the way that this is shot is just—it's every piece of Joko Anwar that I love, but with a story that just blows my goddamn brains apart. Well, and and I'm thinking about too. I've, well, we it was like. The unreliable narrator, too, when he was seeing things and then his friend didn't see anything, so he was crazy even in his own vision. Mm-hmm. And, like, at, at the end of the movie, but then I'm like, was he crazy or was he, you know, was he hearing that story from the guy in the confession box at the end of the movie? Uh, who knows? No, because he was the priest, and that was him, I believe, like, starting a new... A new thing? A, fa- a new fantasy. To... Okay, so now he's not an artist, he's a priest. Okay, okay, okay. I that was sure. my interpretation of that anyway. Because my brain was, like, when I saw that part, I was like, okay, I get it. Wait, what? No, what? Wait, now I gotta think more. Fuck. Because I'm... I'm not exactly sure what was on the magazines that uh, the uh, yeah. doctor, was it a doctor or a journalist? I want to say it was a journalist because I think the journa- she had a press journalist pass or something. Yeah, it was uh, Taldia in yeah. the... Uh, Talita, by the way. I don't want to fuck don't with you. Don't you <laughs> Don't dare. correct me, motherfucker. <laughs> How dare you? Don't you correct me. It's cold in here and you're going to pull this shit on me. <laughs> You'll get a stern worded email later. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not going to take the time to write any of that shit. No, but I'll get a spanking. No, you won't. Damn it. I forgot what in the hell we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But we were I, talking I, about the journalists coming in and how the faces were. Weren't we? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. Uh, about yeah. That. His friend was just like one of the orderlies. Mm-hmm. And the other friend was the uh, janitor. Yeah. Who was the old man? Oh, that I was trying to figure out. I don't know if that was supposed to be his actual dad or not. Might be, because I, um, I had to, I had to check out on some of the child beating scenes. Yeah, who <laughs> boy, there is a, a mm. shocking amount of child abuse. But I will say, ah, uh, they, they very pulled restrained. away. Yeah, you could see the hands coming down. You never, never really. I think one time you saw the water hose hit the kid. 
and that could have been a stunt person. But anytime the child was in scene, you they pulled away or they, you saw the arms come up from behind something. Which thank God, thank God. I, I I'll deal with I'll deal with somebody getting their head cut off. But I don't fucking want to see one fist on a kid. No, and like I said, and it being done through like the Videodrome esque uh, club. Which, again, just the existence of that club is insane. Uh-huh. And, oh, the way they had it set up, too. It was just, like, old, cheap TV and a very fancy menu and with the names of the people you're looking at. Yeah. And I'm just, like, I'm looking. And when I saw that, my dumb ass, I'm looking around my house for fucking, for fucking cameras because they got in my This movie got in my goddamn head. I'm trying to think of all the different plot points because there's, okay, there's the fetuses in the statues that he's building. Right. There's the door, obviously, the forbidden door. Right. There's the club that has the Videodrome, like, snuff-esque. Oh, yeah. Like, hidden cameras of just horrible shit. Oh, yeah. Like the lady sewing her hand to the basket. Oh, goddamn, James. That grossed me out so bad. And you knew it was fake because there's no blood, nothing, but it looked blood. like she was so... Blood and guts is one thing, but watching it like an old woman sew something to her fingers, but she's so fucking whacked out of it that she doesn't notice. Like Deliberately, too. Just it's, mm. it's one of the more disturbing things that I think I've seen in a film. Oh, yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, it's... It makes my skin crawl. And then, obviously, on to child beating. Mm-hmm. And just And prison rape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a rough fucking movie. Yeah, very brief. No, I know. And it was hinted at. It, it was, But it was horrific. It was just... But, again, it was showing what it, that thing was. And it was in this crazy guy's brain. And, you know, you can, there's certain ways I guess I can get to be able to watch it. Yeah, but I had I had to do some mental gymnastics to get through that part. I'm like, ooh. There's uh we forgot to mention obviously his overbearing mother mm-hmm. who's trying to get him uh basically E D treatment because yep. he can't get his wife pregnant. You can't you get some of that Chinese shit? Yeah. <laughs> um there's I think it all is that it? Well, hold on. Because it they all kind of start to culminate together. Right, because the mom's berating him for not being able to have kids. He's already got an abortion. All that's hanging over. His wife's, or his soon-to-be wife, is holding that over his head. Um, the While she's fucking his yeah. friends because yeah. he finds that out from Videodrome. Yep. Like I said, it's weaved together in a way that's very satisfying in mm-hmm. the end. But it makes my brains explode when there's so much going on. Oh, there's the messages that he keeps seeing around town, too. Oh, well, see, I had more. This was easier for me to keep together than that fucking Spanish one we just watched with the with the zombie kid, the one that got hit with the truck. Was that? That was a Spanish movie, wasn't it? Fuck movie was that? Doesn't matter. Uh, Go on. I forgot what I was going to say. God damn it. It was easier for you to keep, oh, yeah, track, keep, of. keep track of than that movie. Because for some reason, all the plot points kept coming up almost in a circle. So every time I forgot about it, it was there again. It was, it was almost like a rhythm. So it, it just kept every once in a while, it would pop up again. And it was like watching one straight story with three stories popping up quick for me. So. And man, 
That final dinner. Mm, mm, mm. Holy fucking shit. Usually I have to pull away and I can't watch. I couldn't not watch this horrific goddamn thing. And the way they set it up was beautiful. Because he was sitting there all hangdog. Because he, the whole movie, he was just henpecked, fucked with, screwed over, fucked with the entire movie. He's like, oh, you guys just had, uh, that's uh, called the serpent spit in, and not one of you motherfuckers can move. And you get to hear what I got to say while I'm cutting your motherfucking throat. Yeah, well, uh, because again, it's like a child telling a story. Mm-hmm. Well, And then I have it, something that makes it so they can't move. Yep. And I get to say all the things that I've been wanting to say to them. So at this point, he knows that his friends have been nailing his wife, trying to impregnate her Mm -hmm. to embarrass him. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, he uh, cuts Rio, the first friend's throat. Oh, yeah. Then the next one, because they had had a conversation earlier about him fucking his wife. Yep. And they both decided, like, all right, let's not talk about this. Fucking, and he's like, you know, I would have, if you'd asked, I'd have let you. We've been good friends. Yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. So uh, he slits his throat and then uh, pushes his fucking eyeball down on that broken wine. Okay. First of all, he deliberately pops the bell off the glass. So I'm sitting there and I see this broken glass with the stem sticking up. I'm like, okay, that's going to be fucked up. Is he going to stab somebody with that? Oh, no, 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 no. Slowly pushed his goddamn Yeah, he jokers eye. him. Yeah, but slowly. Uh-huh. Fucking... In- horrifically slowly just it took like it probably only took a second but in my head it was like a full minute it was like oh god yep kills the father figure and his mother and oh my favorite kill of the whole movie the punch bowl shut up boom she's can't do anything she's when he drowns his mother in her soup yeah fuck to the yeah and it was a clear bowl and they shot it from underneath oh god damn that was, Man. I think that that one bothered me more than the thing through the eye, because in my head it's like you're drowning and you can't move. Yeah, you're drowning and you can't move. Because I'm dumb uh-huh. during that whole thing, I was like, "There's no way you could just do that to somebody." Like your body naturally like has. Oh, that's right. I forgot. He just had that weird paralyzing agent that yeah. he just kind of had. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why she can't move. He's drowning her slowly in a bowl of soup. And I, I, think, I think that was more horrific to me because my body can't imagine, thank God, what it feels like to have a fucking wine glass stuck through your eye. Uh-huh. But my body has almost drowned. And to watch somebody just helplessly drown in their own fucking soup bowl was just way, way beyond the pale for me. Yep. And so... Uh... Should we uh, get into the grand finale when he kills Talia? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, he says, if uh, oh, yeah. if you can survive three shots from this gun, because mm-hmm. you're going to play Russian roulette, but mm-hmm. just you. Yep. Not me. <laughs> if yeah. you can survive three shots, I'll let you live. Uh-huh. Nope. <laughs> He is taunting her the entire time. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things that, like, I should really hate this, Mm -hmm. but it's so well written. And he's being such a fucking maniac because he's just 
absolutely covered in everybody's blood. Oh my God, yes. And just drenched. What made that scene real to me, I wear glasses. I've worn glasses since I was in fifth grade. And he's fucking moving around and his glasses are sliding around his face. He has to keep pushing them up. The blood's just dripping. And I know that if I had blood all over my face, that how fucking annoying that would be. That's how, and that made that scene super real to me. I'm like, oh, God damn. But he did that thing too. Like one other movie did to me. I knew something was going to happen. I knew it was supposed to happen. I knew I could, my brain was telling me it's going to happen right here. And I'm watching, and fucking when it happened, I still jumped, and I knew it was going to fucking happen. Mm-hmm. That's how good this goddamn movie was. Because I was expecting, obviously, we watch a lot of movies. Oh, yeah. Not just horror. We just watch a lot of movies. Oh, hell yeah. And what you would typically do in that film is she survives the Russian roulette. He takes her down and makes her unlock this door because she's told him earlier in the film, it would absolutely break my heart. Uh-huh. If you open that door, it would break all trust that I have in you. Please do not look in that door. Mm-hmm. I figured, oh, she's going to survive. It'll click for the last time. He'll take her down, make her open the door. Right. Nope, nope, sure doesn't. Blows <laughs> her fucking brains out of the table. Oh. And the indifference that he shows, mm-hmm. or just pure, almost pure ecstasy after he's killed everybody. Yep. He's like, oh, finally, they stopped bothering me. Yep. Fucking A. And you see him sit down and just think, like, look at what he's done, and he's kind of proud of it. Yep. And then it pops into his head. Oh, oh, that fucking door. Oh, that's right. I can go do that now. Yeah, and all I could think of was that Von Trier movie for a minute. Because that's in my door. I was like, oh, when I saw the door, I'm like, is this going to be, is he going to be crazy like the Von Trier thing? Yep, he was, but I didn't give a fuck. I did not care. No, this is a million times better. Oh than my that god, movie. this this movie is better on accident than that movie was on purpose, homie. Uh huh. This movie is fucking amazing. Uh huh. It's it like I said, it man, beats out my other Joko Anwar likes. I fucking love this movie. Ooh, see, I still think Satan Slaves was my favorite. Uh, see, I like this because. It's not as spooky. It's not as scary. It, it is more of like a, a, how do I want to say, like fantasy noir slash horror. Yes, yeah, like a pastiche, a bunch of good shit that I like. Yeah a, yeah, a psychological thriller, I believe, is what you would call it. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, again, I, I liked it, I think, mostly because the stylized, because the high stylization of this. The, the stylization, because a lot of the stuff that he did looked organic, it looked natural to the scene. This did not, and I fucking loved that about this movie. And I think the visual style, um, the, it was very arresting to me, and I think that's why. I, I think I like the stories a little more. I like the spookies a little more than the other one. But as an entire package, just because it was so visually different, and I love different, the more different you get, the cooler it is to me. So I think that's why I like this one. Uh, so far, it's been my favorite of his Anwar films. And it it does have that, like, 90s kind of like early 2000s like like a copycat oh yeah yeah like yeah a, like a bone collectory kind of like what the fuck is going on here like th- there's just weird shit happening all over the place mm-hmm. but it's more stylized with a little bit more horror thrown in because it's anwar and he's yeah. really really good at it and because of the weird things happening i was like waiting for supernatural because i on purpose did not want to know anything about this movie Nope, I didn't. I didn't even read a description the first time right. I watched it. And and so I'm sitting there trying to go check out the supernatural angle. From what little I know, I'm like trying to 
put it together. No, it's not that. Oh, no. So that kept my interest in yet another way. Because you didn't know what direction old boy was going to go in. In any direction you wanted to go, I'm fucking take me for a ride. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then, like, at the point, the point that made me go like, oh, this is too much, was when he was sitting with, like, his art dealer. And his art dealer breaks it to him that, like, yeah, in your first sculpture, I bought your first sculpture ever. Uh-huh. There was a fetus in it, essentially. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, like, do this whatever, I'll call the cops. And that's when I was just like, Jesus Christ, this movie's taking so many goddamn no, see, turns. the minute they put the fetus in there, I knew <laughs> that if they... I See, I didn't know they were going to do more. But it's like, in my head, I'm like, oh, fucking, he's going to end up accidentally selling or selling it out from under, and somebody's going to find that fetus. Yeah. And they did, but not the way I thought. But yeah, it followed along just where my brain was going. I'm like, oh, I bet you, oh, this is some bad shit's going to happen with that. And then when he got more fetuses, I'm like, fuck. You you make Gambier a grizzled detective? This is just a noir story. Hell yeah. And a damn good one, too. Uh Uh-huh. With some fucking horror thrown in. Hell yeah. And it turns out to be a psychological thriller. (laughs) And then it gets some gore in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Get some splatter in that motherfucker. Oh, hells yeah. Like I said, and that's my only biggest gripe is literally with the film itself. And Uh I still really, really love it. (laughs) And that's, again, that's what I love about it, too. (coughs) I I guess, um, (laughs) I guess films told from a childlike perspective really fucking tickle me. Because I fucking love this movie. Not even a tiny bit, dude. I fucking, I'm going to go watch it again. And again, I think this is what, like, since we're on pretty much our third, I guess what you could consider, could consider low-budget film mm-hmm. in a row, in a real low-budget film like these, like you have to have a good story. You have to rely on a story uh-huh. and good filmmaking. And I think we're on a real roll. <laughs> Just like, man, for what you had, uh-huh. this is fucking fantastic. Even taken for what you had. This movie is fucking fantastic. Uh-huh. I did not know it was a low-budget movie till you told me. Well, I can't imagine that it was anything huge. I mean, right. this was his second feature film, I believe. Uh-huh. And, I mean, he had written a couple other things. and I, 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 don't, I know this won him a bunch of writing awards, and it was like one of the highest-grossing films in Indonesia. Well, I bet you it touched on a lot of things, too, because, uh, like I said, I only know a tiny bit. I've, I read, like, three articles um, you know, three peer-reviewed articles on uh, abortion in Indonesia, and I didn't realize. I mean, we got issues here. Then we got issues. Go to Indonesia, or at least certain parts of it, because they can deny you for not being. You can't get an abortion if you're not married, and you have to be under one or two, three conditions, and you can be denied under a religious, like, oh, well, we can't because you're Muslim, and your husband didn't, whatever. So the illegal abortion trade out there is humongous so i bet you they were saying some stuff about that that we just didn't understand you know politically so i bet you that that added into the writing all that shit that we don't know so god damn this movie's fucking good yeah and i i don't think we're gonna do it anytime like real soon because i kind of want to space these out but we'll get we'll get to uh I believe it's his first film, which is just Ritual, which is going to be very confusing because we've already covered The Ritual. Right. But Which was <laughs> a fucking good movie, too. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say, man. It's just among like the active like horror directors out there, like mm-hmm. Anwar is easily top five. And I say, I'd like to see just for giggles, see what he'd do with a different kind of movie. You know, just a, a straight up like... Uh, I don't know, 
a drama or a, a straight-up comedy or just something. I, I know he's written some. I don't know if he's directed any of them. Maybe. I haven't, like, memorized his filmography. Right. But. but I'm saying with all the different pieces that he puts in every film, I'd like to see a whole film on one just to see what he'd do with it. You know what I mean? Because that would just, oh, I bet you that'd be amazing. You'd be amazing or a train wreck, one of the two, and I'd still love to see it. Yep. Uh, uh. God well, damn. James, I think we're having a dodgeball situation with this fucking movie. <laughs> Usually, one of us or the other one fucking this or fucking that. This this movie was good. Yeah. Remember that part where they did that? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a reason that we can't really like talk about comedies no. because it's just us reciting bits. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he got cranked in the nads? Wow, that was great. <laughs> Remember when Ed Begley Jr. just slid down the front of a Frankenstein monster? <laughs> And then <laughs> collapsed into his chest. <laughs> oh, it's the best. It is the best. It is the best. All right, James, it's mm. very cold and I have to pee. Yeah, okay. Uh, would you recommend The Forbidden Door? No, fuck this movie. Nobody should watch this goddamn piece of shit. Of course, yeah. everybody no, watches. Nobody this. else is allowed to watch it but us. Nah, it's too good for you fuckers. Yeah, you fucking swine. Yeah. Don't uh, watch this movie. It's too good for you, bastard. All right, James, where can people find us? Horror Vomit Podcast at gmail.com, motherfucker. Uh, we also have a Facebook group. Getting a little Insta- cocky about that. <laughs> you sure are, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's about time to take you down a peg. <laughs> but we also have a Facebook group and an Instagram page. That's your fucking if job. If you would let me fucking finish. You're very goddamn- distracting, digging around in your fucking crotch man man i have to pee so bad and i'm still (laughs) sipping on this delicious delicious coca-cola classic and i'm taking my time and not calling it just to i know you are you bastard (laughs) good night but but also if you would uh go to (laughs) give us the podcasts and give us or your spotify app and give us a few stars that helps spread the word and the algorithms hey that was my line what? No, just talking What are shit. you talking about? I don't know. Good night. You are really d- distracted. God damn you. How dare you? You have botched this entire operation. We are finished. Good night. <laughs> Good night, James. You piece of human garbage. Stop snorting over there, you fucking pig. Get it together. 